0: Going a different direction tonight. Deuteronomy thirty one and seven. I like to change things up when I preach. Deuteronomy thirty one and seven. Sometimes I like to preach a little bit and then do the scripture, and sometimes they do the scripture and preach a little bit. So we're going to do that first. Deuteronomy thirty one and verse seven. And Moses called unto Joshua and he said unto him, in the in the sight of all Israel, be strong. Everybody say strong. Be strong and of good courage. Everybody say courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Thou, Joshua, are going to cause them to inherit it. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17. Y'all can quote that one, but we're going to read it anyway. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17. This is every Pentecostal's favorite scripture. Wherefore... Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Acts, the 17th chapter. Acts, the 17th chapter, and verse 23. It's not Bible study, but you find out as a preacher gets older, he uses more Scripture. For as I pass by and beheld your devotions... I found an altar with this inscription To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, Him declare I unto you. He told them, I'm going to declare the God that you ignorantly worship. Let's pray together right now. Father, we thank You for the Word. We thank You for Your blessings. God, that You would move upon us, touch, anoint Your Word, anoint, anoint God my lips of clay, anoint our ears, that we may be able to receive the engrafted Word, which is able to save our soul. I ask it now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Clap your hands unto the Lord, O oh, ye people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah! Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Hallelujah! Praise God! As you're being seated, I'm preaching tonight on courage to face the unknown. Courage to face the unknown. A favorite Jewish tale uh, actually is one of my favorite. I read a bunch of these a few years back, and this is a good one. It comes from the Rabbah. It's R A B B A H. And it tells that Terah left Abraham. Uh, behind to mine the store now Terah sold idols so you'll understand Terah was Abraham's father and while he was gone in walked a man to buy an idol Abraham asked him he said how old are you the man replied I'm 50 years old Abraham said why would someone 50 years old bow down before a thing made of clay that was made yesterday Then a woman came in to buy an idol. But what happened to the large idol that you bought last week, he asked. Thieves stole it, she replied. Abraham said, you would pray and pray and entrust yourself with an idol that cannot save itself from thieves. (laughs) The old woman had no sooner left the store empty-handed when Abraham closed up the store, took an axe, cut off the head of one idol, hands off another cut the feet off another, then placed the axe in the hands of the only remaining idol. Terah came back and saw this. He raged and he said, Who did this? Abraham did not bat an eye and he said, The largest idol took the axe, slew the others. And if you don't believe it, ask him. That's kind of funny, isn't it? But it tells of a spiritual insight that enabled Abraham to, to independently and courageously discover the true God. And that's what the Jews were was doing here. That's why they told this story. He gave up the comforts of the land of Ur. Now the land of Ur was highly cultured. It was a highly cultured city with an extensive library. It had educational institutions. It had elaborate Postal system, rich oriental furniture, beautiful rugs and and, and all kinds of carpets and wonderful things. And Abraham had all this at his disposal. Yet he forsook all to answer a piercing call. He also would produce men of daring who would set precedence in nearly every walk of life. Now, are you hearing this? This is a man of courage. The man who bucked the system. The man who went against the tradition. And he decided, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to find the truth. I'm going to find something that is real. Do you, do you understand that? Everybody in their life somewhere along the line has to discover what is real and what is right. And when you find it, you don't let go of it. When you decide that I've attained, I'm going to maintain it the rest of my life. I'm not going to let go of God when I find Him. When I find Him let Jesus. Jesus be the one who's controlling my life. I'll not let him go. I'm not going to let him go by the wayside. I'm going to do all I can to keep him close. I'm going to do all I can to keep him near. I'm going to be, he's going to be the Lord of my life and I'm going to follow him wherever he may go. And if you don't think the Jews have it together, listen to this. The Jews represent a half of 1%. Of the total population of the world, fully 12% of all Nobel Prize in physics, chemistry, and medicine have gone to the Jews. This is a priceless heritage of these Israelites. Now you think, what I'm, think about what I'm saying. The priceless heritage of the Israelites is they despise mediocrity. I taught this morning, and when I taught, I got, I, I got so much into this, I had to preach on it tonight. They despised mediocrity. We need, as the church of the living God, to despise mediocrity. But in order to despise mediocrity, we've got to have courage. If I'm going to be better than I am, if I'm going to be more than just a pew filler, if I'm going to be more than just somebody who sits around and occasionally says amen, I've got to despise mediocrity in my life. I've got to sit, I've got to grab for everything that God has for me. If the Bible says I need to repent, then I need to repent. If the Bible says I need to be baptized in Jesus' name, then that's exactly what I need to do. If the Bible says I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, as the Spirit gives the utterance, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to be courageous enough to step up and to step out and say I will. Will not be like everybody else. This should be in the minds of every minister in this place. If you are called man or woman of God, this should be a part of what you are. This is not just about getting out and saying I'm a preacher. This is about despising mediocrity and saying I'm going to be the best preacher that ever came out of McCormick Street Church. I'm going to be the best preacher. I'm going to go and I'm going to do whatever God asked me to do. I'm going to do, I'm going to be whatever Brother Robertson asked me to be. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I despise mediocrity and I've got the courage to step out and to step out. This is the last generation. The last generation. Everything that's going to be done is going to be done within this generation. If you're sitting out there right now, I feel such a boldness in the Holy Ghost, you're just going to have to bear with me. If you're sitting out there right now and you're you're looking and wondering what I'm talking about, let me tell you this. If you're sick of an emptiness in your life, if you're sick of the devil controlling everything that you do, then you're going to just step out of that mediocrity. You're going to step out of that emptiness and you're going to go for Jesus with everything that you've got within you. Mm. The men in Acts 17 were worshiping every known God and were frightened that they were missing one. So they set up an idol to the unknown God. In Corinthians, or in, in Corinth, in speaking of those that were a part of the church, he said, we are known. He said, but yet unknown. Now hear me. He said, we are known, but yet unknown. Known in heaven, yet not known on the earth. Turning that just a bit to fit the church. We know God. He is in heaven, but yet He's unknown to us. Now, that's the church. The people on the streets know God in heaven, yet He's also unknown to them. It's taking one step at a time you don't step into the church you don't let God do with you something wonderful like he's done with us and then say that's all I ever want I'm not going to be mediocre I'm going to have the courage to step out and if everybody if everybody laughs at me if if my best friend says I'm some kind of fanatic I'll be a fanatic for Jesus to such a point that I'm going to change my life I'm going to find something in Jesus that I've never had before I refuse to be a mediocre Christian I'm going to be courageous and step out Like the men on Mars Hill, they thought they knew about heavenly things. Still, still something, something deep within said, there's still something unknown. There's still something unknown. You're sitting out there right now, and you know God to some extent, but you watched us, and you've seen some of us Pentecostals, and you said, you know, there's something about those people. Something about those people. Oh, it's more than just being crazy. They must have something to be crazy about. You see, when you got something to be crazy about, you don't care what someone thinks. And all of a sudden it starts rubbing off on you and you say, Hey, there's something to this. There's a power there. There's something happening. I felt God touch me when the preacher prayed for me. I felt God touch me when he preached. I felt conviction enter my heart. There's something more. Listen, be courageous enough to step out and to step up. Come on now! Aletha Langley. Sent me an email the other day. And she said that Rachel mentioned her passed away here just not too long ago. I uh, did her funeral here. And she had been witnessing at the nursing home. She said she got a call from one of those nurses. And she said they wanted to talk to her about what Rachel had. Yeah. I'd stepping out. That's being courageous enough right in the middle of your own despair and your own sickness to be a witness to God. Listen, that's nothing more powerful than that. When God can do something like that to a, a poor old lady that didn't really feel like it, but she felt enough like it to get something done. Are you hearing me? Then what kind of excuse do we have to keep our mouth shut? We need to uh, we need to project this. We need to speak this every time. We get a chance. Every time, every time we get out of here, we need to we need to take this into the streets, the highways and the byways and compel them to come in that his house may be full. Now when Paul saw this, his spirit was stirred concerning all the superstition in the streets of Athens. He did not address them in a condescending manner. In fact, it was, it was to them a compliment when he said to, to them that he saw that they were abundantly religious to the effect that they had every base covered But he goes on to say, but let me introduce you to the unknown God that you are wondering about. Let me introduce you to what you are seeking for. That's what the church is saying tonight. Let me introduce you to what you really want. It's this wonderful baptism of the Holy Ghost. This wonderful abundance of God that can dwell within you. The Spirit that can come in and change your life and cause you to walk in the right way. The Spirit that can be the guiding force that one day will take you to heaven. The power that is going to change this vile body into something that is immortal. This is what I'm talking about. Something that can make a difference. That you can go home and go to bed tonight and know that if the rapture takes place, I'm going to make it. I'm not going to be lost. I'm not going to be left behind. there is so much about god that we could know that we don't and there are some things that we will never know those things that we could know about god we avoid because of a fear of the unknown what does not fit within our our small idealistic concept of what we think life is scares us 19,000 foot of water a man had a microphone down listening to fish sounds because he wanted to delve into the unknown. He went down 19,000 feet in a bathysphere and then put a microphone out just to hear fish. Now, you know, that, that sounds silly to us, but the man was courageous enough to delve into the unknown to find out what it was all about. And we come to church week in and week out and never ever delve into that area that we really would like to get into. Afraid. Not courageous enough to step into that unknown. You better hear me. You better hear me. Early 1900s in South America, there was a man who was considered by those who lived in the area of the jungle which he lived to be an El Tigro, a hunter of stock-killing or man-killing jaguars. He was taught the art by South American Indian, and the way he did it uh, would immediately cause most of us to fear because he he hunted with a pack of cur dogs, and after they ran the jaguar a while, he became weary. He would either tree or he simply stop and fight, and if he stopped to fight, the man would approach the jaguar, and he used a segua, which was a short thrusting spear with a crossbar in the uh, middle of the shaft so that the, the, the jaguar couldn't get to him he would balance himself and he would stick the spear in front of him and approach the cornered cat and all the time watching its eyes to determine whether it would spring over the spear or come under the spear. And he had to watch its eyes in order to determine what it was going to do because if he made a mistake, it would be his last one. And that would happen. When he determined uh, what would happen, he would either raise or lower it. And if the cat jumped, then he would impale himself on that spear. Now this man knew the risk. It was not an unknown to him. Now for you and I, that was an unknown. And you think about what I'm saying. You look at people who God uses in great and mighty ways. And you wonder what it takes. What it takes is the same kind of courage this man has, only in a spiritual sense. What seems to be so easy for some people, and you stand back and you look at Him and you wonder how in the world can He do that? He does it by being courageous enough to step into an area that He did not understand. But when you step into that area, you do not understand. God always meets with you. When you step out of the boat into the boisterous sea, there will always be a hand outstretched to keep you from sinking when you have the right motive for stepping into it. Always be courageous enough to know that Jesus Christ will never, ever let you go. I began to dive when I was in my 20s. I, would, I was down to the lake, and the lake was always, you've heard me talk about it, it was always very dark. You couldn't shine a light into it. It was like shining a headlight into a fog. There's so much particles in the water. Whenever I go to a new area, I knew, the, I knew the lake was pretty much the same depth you get into the channel and go down to 40 or 50 foot But primarily it was anywhere from 20 to 30 foot and you, you knew that But still it was a new area And when I went there It was always just a little apprehensive I, 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 Just a, a little bit And I would push myself Okay I'm going to go into this I'm going to do this I've never been here before But I'm going to do it And I'd push myself Well the unknown then would become the known I could go back to that same area again And I wouldn't be nearly as apprehensive the next time because I've been down there before. I've been there. I know what it's like. It's the same way in serving God. You get into that area once that you've never been into. Well, it's no longer an unknown to you. It's no longer something strange to you and you can go back just a little easier it's that way in prayer when you begin to pray and you pray into a depth with God you've been there once now you can go back just a little easier you go back just a little I was in prayer today in my office before service and I had such a burden come on me for 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 Palau such a burden for Helga and and, uh, has been been a long time since that's ever happened at least for that area for her And, and I was praying and as God is my witness I could hear the sounds of their place. I could hear the the geckos. I could hear the birds. As I was praying, it was like I was trans, trans I, I, I translated, if you would, or put there. I was there in in the in the spirit praying for her. I, I, I when I got came back, I felt such a release in my spirit. I felt such a a peace that I know that God heard that prayer because He took me, transported me right to that very place, and I was there as I was praying. Are you are, are you understanding what I'm saying? God can take you to places, and you can get to know those places. And as you know those places, as you as you begin to open up to you, then it's easier to go back. It's easier to understand and that which was unknown when you take that one courageous step that one step then it's all brand new will become something that is is not that way any longer something that's easier for you to go to and when you get used to that then god takes you a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper i never would have dove to a 100 feet had i not went to 30 feet I never would have gone to 30 feet if I hadn't went to 10 foot in the pool. It just takes a little bit more to get used to it. And it and goes on the first time I ran in church. The first time I danced. The first time I leaped for joy. Even though Acts 3, 8, 9, Luke 6, 23, 2 Samuel 22, 29, and Psalms 18, 29 back this as appropriate, it was still unknown to me. Oh, I wanted to, just like I look at some of you, you look out there and you see someone running and say, you wish you could, but you know there's too many kids out there and they might, they might cause you to fall. That's your excuse anyway. Or, you know, it's just a very simple thing that I can raise my hands or I can leap for joy or, or one of these other things, but you know the, the floor slanted. You know, but it's not down here and it's not back there. And if you really wanted to do it, you could just hike on down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to push past. You have to have the courage to push past that unknown. I've never done it before. I look silly. Who cares? I want to get past what I'm used to. I want to be courageous enough to step into the unknown. When I push past my, my feelings and, and obey the word, then, then what happens is you begin to you, you receive a touch. From the unknown, there's that touch from the unknown. When you you get into the unknown, there's something special there. Oh, you 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 don't understand me, but some of you might. But I've been there too many times, too many times. I've, I've stretched into the unknown, and always there was that special touch from God. It was like, it's okay. I'm right here with you. I'm going to help you out. Nobody's Nobody cares. And you know, when He begins to act that way towards you, when He begins to speak to you in that way, and you feel His hand touching you, then you leap a little bit higher, and you could care less who's behind you. You could care less who's beside you. You could care less of your good friends making fun of you. You don't care because you got a touch from the unknown. When you get to the unknown, that's the only place you're going to get a touch. You know, as a child, I, I, knew how, that I knew I had to receive the Holy Ghost, but I was apprehensive. And just how did this occur? I, I, I kept seeking God. I, I kept worshiping until the time I felt a touch from the unknown. And I submitted to it. It's the same way for anyone receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have to get past you, past the noises around you, past the voices you hear, and get into the unknown area. And when you do, you just simply accept that gift that God has for you. He's been standing there all the time with outstretched hands saying, I've got it for you right here. I've had it all along. And all of a sudden, what seemed to be so hard becomes so easy. And you've pressed through by courage, courageously pushing on. You've stepped into the unknown and God touched you and gave you something special. You want your own Pentecost, you have to push past tradition. You have to push past ideas. No one's knocking any other denomination, any other church. I'm not. If you want, though, what's going to take you to heaven, you better get everything that God has for you according to this, not according to some denomination. Acts chapter, 276 people were in a ship that, once, that, that was in the midst of a storm. The crew had lightened the ship once and were about to do it again. But because one man was not afraid of the unknown, an angel appeared to him and told him to tell the people, stay on the ship and you'll not be harmed. Because one man went beyond the known. In everybody else's mind, the only answer was to lighten the ship and hope for the best. And if lightning, the ship, didn't do it, then we're just going to hit the water. And because somebody had fasted, had gone beyond the normal, had stepped into the unknown, every life on that ship was saved. 276 people received a touch of the unknown because one man went ahead of them. Are you, here? Are you there with me? Because one person went beyond. One person... One person. Your family's messed up. Treating you badly. Done everything against you. You know who I'm talking to. You know exactly. Maybe you need to step into the unknown. And maybe because of what you can do, your whole family can be saved. In the synagogue on the Sabbath day, the man sat knowing... That what he wanted to do that day went beyond the bounds of what was known. On each side of him, the scribes and the Pharisees were sitting, waiting like wolves. They were to, uh, to, to make a kill. But the teacher before them knew their thoughts, and he looked at the man with the withered hand, and he said, Rise up and stand forth. The choice was given to the man. The man had the choice. You can sit there with your known customs, or you can rise and step into the unknown. That man with a withered hand who had all the scribes and the Pharisees surrounding him, Jesus as well, he had a choice. I can step up and believe the rabbi or I can sit here with a withered hand. I can either step into the unknown or I can stay with tradition. Are you here with me? Are you in this, are you in this with me here, McCormick Street? I can either step up and be healed or I can stay in the same place I've always been. The man with the withered hand did. He stepped into it. The Samaritan woman at the well did. The Syrophoenician woman did. The woman with the issue of blood did. The Roman centurion did. Naaman went to the filthy Jordan River and stepped into the unknown, and he was touched. Blind Bartimaeus did, and he was touched. A beggar at the gate called Beautiful stepped into the unknown. A man called Cornelius desired the unknown, and an angel appeared to him. If you are serious about serving God, if you're serious about getting above what you are, if you're serious about it, you're not going to stay in the same place. You're not going to sit there like a withered hand. You're not going to sit there and wonder what would be if I did this. You'll get up and courageously step into the unknown. Praise God! Behind every revolution, there's a person with a vision. Every revolution, there's a person with a vision. This person always despises the ordinary. There may be one here tonight, maybe one of you that's sitting out here, you might despise the ordinary. You're tired of the way everything's been. I mean, you're weary with it. I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing the same thing and not getting anywhere. I want my bus ministry to grow. I want my Sunday school class to grow. I want the church to grow. I want to grow. I don't want to be the same. I want to step out of the norm. I want to step into the unknown. I want to have a little courage one time in my life. There's someone here tonight that has to decide that they're going to walk where they have neglected to walk before. The word separate in 2 Corinthians 6 means come apart for an office. You know what that means? You know, we always use it, come out from among you and be separate. We always always thought that this means that women dress a certain way and men dress a certain way. That's how we always use it, but that's not what that means. That means to be set aside for an office. Now, the dress will accompany that. But I'm saying that means I'm set apart to do something. But I have to be courageous enough to see that. I didn't come down and, and, and come up from this place babbling in tongues just to be the same way that I was. There's got to be some changes working in me. I, I, I want some things burned out of me. I want the Holy Ghost to begin to scorch some things out of me. I want the red hot cutting torch of the Holy Ghost to cut away some nasty stuff that's in there. Abraham pursued the comforts and security of civilization and he entered into a pilgrimage that he was not accustomed to. Through strength and weakness, victory and defeat, his inner integrity said it was worth pleasing God over. Stepped out, tear my idol-making daddy. He doesn't have to affect me. None of this makes a lick of sense to me. Some of the beliefs that some people hold so near and dear, you need to look at them real hard and and check them with this. Isaac had great courage. Courage claimed by many but possessed by few. Those who would abandon contentment for the sake of of the Lord are are holders of courage. You know, I read a thing one time and this blew my mind. You're talking about courage. A 17-year-old girl accidentally shot herself in the chest. She waited after suffering for two days to tell her parents because she was afraid they couldn't afford the doctor bill. Two days she suffered. And we think we're pretty courageous. Jews constantly being confronted with hatred, holocaust, threatenings, and prejudice. Their seed survived every battle, every fight. The Jews represent the vast extreme of of oppression. They met with faith and courage, and we have to proceed in the face of triumph or tragedy. The Spirit inspires in, in spite of opposition. Opposition is not a factor in the eyes of God. Hear that. This is where, this is where a lot of times we, we, we can't understand how God operates because God does not see any kind of obstacles. He does not see oppression. That means nothing to Him. We're the ones that are moved by it. What are you saying, Robertson? I'm saying this. If you're oppressed, you look it in the eye and you tell it to leave and it's got to and you go on. You don't spend time dealing with it. Because then you give it glory. You've got to be courageous enough to step out even though you think oppression is trying to hold you back. I can't understand this. I feel so down. I feel so weighted. I'm depressed. I'm oppressed. I have all this. You look at it and say you have no place. I'm a child of God. And you keep walking. You keep running. You keep going forward. And God doesn't care about that. He still has something for you. Jewish people had faith in their cause. I always loved this. Golda, my year, went to New York City with $10 in her purse. And she returned to Israel with $50 million. That's pretty Jewish. Okay. Let's set aside rituals. And let's set a new revival for the work of God. Now I want you to hear what I just said. I'm not talking about revival. I'm talking about new Revival I'm talking about new revival you you want me to describe new revival it's got some of the same aspects of old revival except you are going to grow as well as people come in now, what are you saying? How do you talk? I'm talking about you're going to grow, grow past the obstacle vision. You're going to grow past the oppression. You're going to grow past family hindering you. You're going to grow past spouses hindering you. You're going to grow. You're going to grow past that. Because you're going to have one vision. You're going to be courageous enough to step out no matter what anybody says to you, no matter how much people try to hold you back, regardless of what anybody calls you or whatever, what, whoever may make fun of you. It doesn't matter to you. You have got one thing that you're going to do. You're going to do your best for God until the time that God comes back and takes you home. That is what God wants of you. That's what, <laughs> that's what Jesus desires of you, whether you be young, whether you be old. He desires for you to step out and not let anything hinder you any longer. Clark Poling was a young chaplain on the SS Dorchester that sank February 3rd, 1943. Before leaving on the ship, he asked his father, he said, I want you to pray not, Father, I don't want you to pray for my safety. He said, but that he could be adequate in any situation. That's what he asked his dad to pray for. Don't pray for me to make it home, pray for me to be adequate. In any situation. What a prayer. What what a request. Not about me, in other words. I just want to be, I I don't want to to be fearful. I want to be adequate. I, I, I want to be able to be there if somebody needs me. When an enemy torpedo struck, many of the men froze in fear. But not pulling. His dad prayed for him. He, began to, he took his own life vest off, strapped it to a man, and he began to do that over and over and over again. All these men that were frozen in fear, he went to the, and got life vests, and he began to strap them on, strap them on, strap them on. didn't say what happened to him, whether he made it or not. But he was adequate for the situation. How many of you here need to be strapping on some life vests to some people out there? How many? How many? As you stand with me, the music comes. I I preach past my music. McCormick's Creek Church. We are wanting to take a step into what most consider the unknown apostolic power. It's been prophesied. We have had... Uh, sister Kay, I haven't listened to it yet, but she had a tape that Jason Cisco preached, and he prophesied over me two years ago, and she said, and i haven't listened I, haven't, I can't remember, and I haven't listened to it, but she said that everything that he said was taking place right now. We had a person that used to be a part of this church, sent me an email and said that there was a preacher in her church in Kentucky. That had got up and prophesied that revival was going to come out of Indiana. And she said when she heard that, it felt like God prompted her that it was going to come out of this church. I had another one two days later that combined said that this church, completely separate, distinct, different people, this church revival, this is coming out of different people, two or three witnesses from one end of the state to the other end. It cannot happen unless we are adequate to the situation. Unless we can courageously step up and say it's not going to be one or two people that make this happen, but it's going to take a church full of people to make it happen. It's going to take people... It's going to take people to give... It's going to take people who are willing to sacrifice to go out and bring in Sunday school kids to help Brother Tony, to help in the Sunday school department, to help in the youth department, to help in the outreach department, and every other department that needs it. Are you hearing me? You can't just sit back anymore. I've got to have such a burning desire to go forth in the power of the Holy Ghost that late nights and early mornings are not going to bother me any longer. We'll all have time to rest when we go to heaven. You better clap your hands on that one, hadn't you? Because that's going to be about it. We're going to do the best we can with what we've got. And we've got some of the best. And we've got one that's guiding and leading us that is the best. Nothing is impossible with Him. All things are possible to Him that believe. Every preacher in the place, I want you to line up on the platform right here. Every preacher. Every preacher. Up on top. Don't go down below. Stay up here. Just line right on along through here. If you're out in the congregation, quickly come down. Get up on the platform. Quickly come down. Line up. And I do not want you to come down to this altar and stand in front of these men and ask them to pray for you unless you're serious about it. Unless you're very serious. But if you want... If you really want what I have preached tonight, if you want to courageously step out into the unknown, then you need to come down here and stand in front of one of these men and let them lay hands on you and pray for you. And if you're here tonight and you have never received this wonderful salvation, then you need to come down here and bend your knee, either at this front pew or at this altar, and let God wonderfully fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to, they're going to be singing right now. I'm not going to make a long altar call. and That's all I'm saying right now. And that, that, is, that is all. And it's up to you to make the change. It's up to you to be courageous enough to step forward.